1: This is the Hockey News Podcast.
0: Welcome to the Hockey News Podcast, presented by BetMGM and McKenny Hockey. I'm Mike Stevens. This is Ryan Kennedy. Ryan, how are you doing?
1: I am doing pretty well. Got a lot of hockey Mm -hmm. coming up, a lot of big events. It's a very fun time of year.
0: Very, very fun time of year. Um, It's a fun time of year kind of in... uh, in Buffalo, not so much for the, I would say, the the playoff push, but there's a lot of fun. You know, the vibes are great. We talked about They're vibes. They're not dead yet. They're not dead yet. I yeah. mean. Like, Mathematically. Yeah. Still in it. Um, th- that's true. Although, you know, m- my feelings about math are widely known. Um, I got, like, a, I got a 51% in grade 11, and then I dropped it. So, that's cool. Um, uh, same with French in grade 9, except that was applied French. Um, anyway. Buffalo, though, they're, they're debuting a lot of their fun, or not debuting really, but they have, like, the vibes are great. We talked about the vibes in Philadelphia yeah. last week and how, you know, they're seemingly turning up, but, like, we'll see in, in Buffalo, like, this is, gonna, this is a team that knows how to have fun. Have you seen those Jeff Skinner? I Legi- did
1: watch a bit of that one yesterday, Dude, yep.
0: Like, legitimately, that guy is going to have a future. Like, he, his comedic timing is amazing, and everyone's having fun. Yeah. Um, and then they're debuting a bunch of their young guys, s- starting with Devin Levi, Who had an amazing debut? Yeah, I believe he stopped what thirty-three shots or thirty-two shots. Um, OT win. It was great. Um, So then we we talk about how you know Buffalo they got you know they got a great blue line, they have some great off uh, you know offense. Goaltending has always been the big sort of question mark with this Mm. this new era of of Sabers. You know, it led to us thinking, what does the Sabers' grace look like next year?
1: Yeah. So this is a fascinating question for me because, you know, Devin Levi just starting off his pro yeah. career, obviously. And
0: he's short. And you hate him because yeah. of that.
1: I don't hate him.
0: I'm you just skeptical yeah. about
1: okay. playoff success. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's neither here nor there right now because... You heard it
0: here, folks. No, no. You heard it here <laughs> yeah, first, exactly. folks. Ryan Kennedy. Yeah, continue.
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know... It, down the stretch would be great to see him get another <laughs> start or two. But again, this is a guy that's just starting his pro career. You know, coming in from Northeastern in the NCAA. So when I look at the Sabres next year, obviously they want to be a playoff team, yeah. and they have, as you mentioned, a lot of weapons that'll help them get there. You know, Tage Thompson, legit star right oh, yeah. now. Um, you know, they've got the veteran scoring. They've guys, guys like Owen Power and Rasmus Dahlin on the back end. They're dynamic and you know can get the minutes and are still young and coming into their prime. Um, but goaltending is kind of interesting because, yes, they do have Eric Comrie under contract for one more season, but that doesn't seem to be working out for them. It does not. So what I'm thinking is the best case scenario, because Uka Pekka-Lewokunin, is 6'5", um, no, he's, he's further ahead than Devin Levi, obviously, yes. at this point. He has more pro experience. Um, but, you know, is he ready to be the number one not really sure no, Devin Levi, the most important thing for him in the next calendar year is to get reps. Yes, maybe that's in Buffalo, but probably it's in Rochester in the American League for the most part, mm-hmm. and that's totally fine. That's what you want in a goalie. you know you don't expect a goalie to be uh you know ready for heavy duty until they're like twenty three twenty four Anyways, yes. you know, there are exceptions.
0: I mean, yeah, you're going to get the Spencer Knights, the Carter Hearts, the Yeah, guys your like Jake that.
1: Ottingers. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so what
1: I would like to see, I think, for Buffalo is to spend a little bit of cash mm-hmm. on a short-term free agent. And there are some interesting options for them. Simeon Varlamov, yes. for example, you know, he realizes he is not the future in New York, because a, yeah. Ilya Sorokin is impressive
0: self awareness by sending <laughs> exactly. Varlamov there. Yeah,
1: uh, but having said that, he's been a very good, uh, you know, veteran for the Islanders. Mm-hmm. Very important for them in bringing Sorokin along. Um, so you know, if you're looking, if you're Varlamov and you want maybe, you know, who knows how much longer he'll be in the NHL, but. If I'm Buffalo, I'd i try to offer him a one-year contract at maybe five or six million, and be like, "Look, you know, we want you to get in about 35 games with Lewokin in and maybe a bit of Levi as the mm-hmm. other ones." Um, same could be said for Frederick Anderson, yes. UFA this summer. Uh, you know, Carolina obviously in their window right now, and whatever happens, you know, in this spring slash summer. I mean, if the Canes win the Stanley Cup then, to me, sort of all bets are off, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, you got your ring, then you got to just do best what's for the franchise. Um, I also wonder, and, you know, he's a little bit younger, I wonder if they could convince Aiden Hill to come over. Now, that would be one where maybe you sign him up for two or three years, um, and you just decide that you're going to have a battery of him and Luoken and, uh, and perhaps, you know, Levi, Uh, In the future, but I mean he's having a great year for Vegas.
0: Yes, and 914 save percentage 27 Yeah, and if
1: you look at Vegas, you know, I mean they have Logan Thompson and right now they have Jonathan
0: Quick. They have Patera Patera, Patera, Patera really and and looked well. really good. This uh, yeah, year. he's looking yeah. good. So I mean, he screwed me in fantasy one. One the guy got him on a spot start. Patera, like who's gonna do that? Him. And it just you know. So I am yeah. very well aware of how good Patera being this there year. There you go. Yeah.
1: So I mean, Vegas might not have room to retain Aiden Hill. And yeah. He would be a. I mean, he would probably have a number of suitors this summer. Um. So maybe Buffalo gets outgunned on that one because you don't want to overspend obviously on this mm-hmm. position. But I think it's going to be very intriguing to see what GM Kevin Adams does over the summer in terms of goaltending
0: Now, yeah, 100%. I mean, I I think that I I first of all, our producer Connor uh gave me a little note here saying that potentially Robin Leonard in Vegas, you know, if he comes back,
1: going back to Buffalo.
0: Yes. That now, that would I, be interesting. That would be I'm not sure if I mean, it's a totally it, other than maybe the owners, it's a totally new management regime in there, you'd think. Like it so is. it's you know, and if anyone can get the best out of someone, I think it's Don Granado. Sure. I think, I think UPK, that's it. That, that's UPL. the English. Yeah. UPL. Sorry. Ah, geez. Um, He has, he has like five K's in his last name. So it just yes. made me, yes. Um, UPL, I think is obviously like entrenched there. Like he has to be playing full time in the NHL hmm. um, next year. He's got to start there because he did, you know, he did, uh, you know, yo-yo back and forth there for a little bit this year. Um, the Sabres, they have a decent chunk of cap, uh, cap coming on. Like they, they have some big extensions that are going to be kicking in. Like, you know, like Tage Thompson is going to start making over seven. Dylan Cousins is going to be starting making over seven and Matias Samuelson is going to start making 4.285. Um, but, but other than that, like their, their lineup doesn't really change that much. They're only really losing. I mean, Pozo is is their captain. They will, but he's not going to command a whole ton of stuff. Like it's, Interesting. I think I think your idea of of signing sort of like a stopgap is a really good idea. And Frederick Anderson is tough because he's looked he he has looked really good in Carolina at times. Um, but then again, we look at we look at all the all the goalies who have looked very good in Carolina at times and gone elsewhere because right. that defensive structure is, is amazing. Is. And also, he has he is he has never been able to be relied on health wise um, lately. Like right. at least in Carolina, yeah. like he like last year. He looked like he was in the Vesna conversation most of the year. Then got hurt in the playoffs. And that was like Kachetkov stepped in, uh, Ranta stepped in, but that was arguably their downfall, you know? Yeah. And then even this year, he's only played 31 games. He's been hurt as well. Yeah. And he's a year older, he'll be 32, which is two years past that age 30 where goalies start to decline. Mm. I don't know if I'd really take a take a gamble on, on Frederick Anderson, but there are a couple here. I mean, you know, like who knows? Maybe Jonathan Quick, you know, like he's, he's, uh, he's a free agent. Bert, John Bernier is up with Cam Talbot, you know, he's a veteran guy. He struggled a bit this year, but I think he was, I also think hurt. he was hurt. And yeah. I think also like he, he I, I, I just don't think he was in a great mental headspace uh, because he really didn't like getting traded from, from, or he really didn't like the situation in Minnesota. We heard sure. all about that. Um, but there are a couple others, like you know, uh, uh, like legitimately even Christian, Tristan Jari is coming up. He's a UFA. Mackenzie Blackwood's an RFA, but we'll see. Like he's struggled, but potentially maybe you know he's a younger guy who could be sort of a, uh, I want to say maybe like a a, a diet Ilya Samsonov, and like you know he just gets he needs to get that that sort of motivation. There are right. a lot of really good sort of op- even Antiranta, who we just who we just mentioned, like he's yeah. had better numbers uh, um, than 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 Anderson. Yes, there's been the health issues too, but like. I think you're right. Levi likely will need some, some seasoning in the AHL. I mean, yes. this is just to show him like, hey, you can hang here and then we're going to sort yeah. of develop. Um, but like they, what they do need to do is they need to get a legitimate, like Craig Anderson has been a great story. Yes. Um, but everyone, but, but like, I don't think you can, you can hinge what is hoping to be that next step in contention on a guy who will be what, 42, 43 next year.
1: Plus Craig Anderson, even when he was playing his best NHL hockey, he had this weird thing where he would go good year, bad year, good year, bad year. And I would consider this a good year. So next year must be a bad year. It'll be
0: the downfall. Um, and then... But they, they need to get like a legitimate guy who can be relied on because I think, because we've seen what their goalie situation has been like. I remember during the COVID season having to write the news hits about their, their guys entering either protocols or injury. And right. it was like they, they had to sign Michael Hauser to be their backup. And, and, Sorry. so yeah, I think
1: they need a safety blanket.
0: Yes, you go go after a guy like Cam Talbot. Go after a guy if you want to go a bit younger, maybe a couple couple extra years on that to really make it an interest. Like if you're really thinking, okay, Levi needs to spend like next year and the year after. Maybe give Tristan Jarry three years, see see how he goes because he's been very good. There's a lot of options there, but they do need. I I I do think you need to make UPL, um, who who has been your like your guy. You've developed him the last time. You took a goal. You drafted a goalie. You developed him. You put all these resources in. He didn't really work out early, and then you and then you let him walk. He's likely going to win the Norris this year, or the Norris, the Vesna this year. Yeah. So I don't think they want to repeat that. So yeah. it would be interesting. Um, another team that that you know it seems to me the vibes are doing great is uh, is Seattle. Mm-hmm. We're we're a pro, after a just completely like in my opinion their first season, like their debut season last year, was like the worst first season you can have, and that like. They were they were bad, but they were also just like so. You know, as the young kids, as the kids say, mid. Like right. they were just very nondescript. There was nothing special about that team. Yeah. Nothing interesting. Nothing to make me watch a Seattle Kraken game. Yes. This year they be, it's been different, and, and and we'll get into a larger conversation in a second here. But like they've secured their you know their, it looks like it's going to be their their first. Um uh, their first playoff berth ever. It's mm. great it's a great story that I don't think anyone really thought of in the in the offseason that they yeah. were going to be able to do this. Um how are you feeling about the Kraken's chances cuz you get in and anything yes. can happen. Yes. But now we're like okay, how can they make any noise?
1: Yeah. So, I think it's going to be difficult just looking at their stats. Like they're a pretty good possession team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a top 10 offensive team, but then when it comes to like special teams and defense, they're just kind of middle of the path. Yeah. And typically in the playoffs, if you want to be a real contender, you want to be top 10 in most of those categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give up a lot of high danger goals uh, and their goaltending in general has been very great. bad. No. Yeah. I have so the stats in front sub of me. Both are sub-900. Both their stars are sub-900.
0: It's it's bad. Like, I have their, uh, yeah. if one of these tabs has them, um, <laughs> I have, like, I have their goal, because I knew we were going to talk about this. Yeah. Martin Jones is an 886, and he started the, far and away the most games. Yeah. Phil Grubauer is an 890, and then Joey Decord, who started, who's a, a career, you know, backup or, yeah. or AHL, or he started three, and he's only a 903. Yeah. That's a legitimate... Yeah, so
1: they, they got some problems there. I, I mean, it's interesting to see how far they've come. Mm. I Actually, the NHL just released a stat today that said they've now either tied or broken a record for best jump from yeah. first year to second year uh, in terms of points in the standings. Uh, the California Golden Seals, or they might have been the Oakland Seals at the time, they used to hold that record. Mm-hmm. Uh, so great jump, and it's kind of cool to see sort of the reclamation projects that have worked out for yeah. Daniel Sprong, Ailey Tolvanen, you know, like they're getting contributions from those guys this year. And then obviously, you know, I mean, Jared McCann was good for them last year, but it's like he has, a, he has an outside shot at 40 goals.
0: Oh, he's got 37 right now.
1: Yeah, and yeah. And still they play a, Arizona again. Yeah, there's, so there's still a
0: couple games left on schedule. Yeah. You know,
1: Vince Dunn is leading, he's leading the their scoring. team. Yeah, uh, And I know we'll get into the Norris conversation You know, later, but Vince Dunn has, like, better five-on-five numbers than Eric Carlson in terms of goals for, goals against.
0: Now, why would you say something so controversial yet so brave?
1: I know, I know. Mm -hmm. Freddie foreshadowing over here. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, they're an interesting team, but I just, you know, they're going to be a wild card team, which means they're probably going to play either Vegas or, and again, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, Colorado or Dallas or Minnesota. Mm -hmm. I don't love their chances, But it is nice then to see them make that leap to give Seattle fans at least two postseason games, and uh, and then you look at the future, and you know Matty Beniers is obviously the guy that's going to lead the way. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's nice, but I don't see them as like a legitimate threat right now, just based on. I mean, anything can happen, Mm -hmm. but not everything does.
0: You know, I obviously have a soft spot for Seattle. I mean, you know, any you know, you, you go back into a, you go into in, into a new market, and uh, uh, you want to succeed for the good of the sport. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I I I will be low key, sort of like having a, a soft spot in my heart for them. Uh, you know, however long their playoff hopes last, and I hope that this segment is included in there. Uh, you know, their Stanley Cup winning montage of you know everyone yeah, doubted yeah.
1: us, bullet board material, but they
0: are not going to do very well in the playoffs. Like it is. Uh, it, it, it's been a fun ride, and they have some great, they, not just some great, they have an incredible base to build upon. Yes. Like you have Matty Beniers and Shane Wright just there. Matty Beniers has already proven he can do it. He's yep. likely going to win the Calder. Yep. Um, and Shane Wright is coming up. He's dominating the, uh, you know, he dominated the World Junior. Or not dominated, but he played very, very well at the World Juniors. Yep. He's dominating uh, Major Junior right now. Seems like you rushed him into it, but he's ready to make the leap, I think, next year. Um, but, yeah, the goaltending is the biggest issue. Like you, you At this point, you're likely riding into the playoffs with Martin Jones as your starter. And, I mean, that you just can't do that. Yeah. Um, he's an 886. That's just not – that's unplayable. And then Phil Grubauer has had – the fact that they're able to do this, given how much cap and like expectation um, they sort of had when building their team and putting in Eric Grubauer mm-hmm. – it's it's that that's like kudos to them. Like yeah. they were able to do this because they they are paying Grubauer basically six million dollars a year on a long term contract to be their franchise goaltender. He was nominated for the Vesna the um right before they they uh, he they signed him. Yeah. And he's been a below nine hundred goaltender ever since. He's been one of the worst five on five goaltenders in the league. Yeah. Um. And so the fact that they're you know careening towards their first playoff berth is amazing. But then I also look at the lineup and yeah like I I am over the moon that Daniel Sprung is uh has put it together. I always liked him. I, I watched, Amsterdam's finest. I watched him a lot in the AHL when I was covering uh, the Marlies. He would come to town a little bit, but just like actually watching um, um, stuff. So, and, and I always liked his game. I just kind of need to, to to stick somewhere, and he has clearly. But like, it, and obviously no disrespect to, to Vince Dunn, but if Vince Dunn is leading your team in scoring, you, you have some high-end talent yeah, issues. You it know? should be a forward. It should be a forward. <laughs> and look, Jared McCann potentially being a 40 goal man that's awesome yeah. you, he's the first guy to ever sa- sign a contract extension in their uh, in their franchise and he and it is the fact that it has worked out so well mm-hmm. um, i think that's great just like for the culture sure. um, but you don't have any high end talent like you really don't um it, like that that's that's high oct like Matty Beniers is absolutely a high end talent totally he will be he he will make this conversation null and void in a in a year or two. Yes. But at this moment, you don't like you don't have anyone who's scoring above sixty five points in yeah. a in a in a season when score like or at a time when scoring is being the highest it's been in the modern era. Yes. That's gonna be tough. And Yeah, it just
1: occurred to me, Connor McDavid is – more than twice as yes. many points as their leading scorer.
0: Yeah, and you know, like he had an outside shot at like double the amount of goals yeah. <laughs> that uh, uh, the Jared McCann was gonna uh, has scored. So, it, like those are the things that are holding them back. And but then I look at like, and I look at who they're gonna match up against. I think they'll get decimated by Colorado. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you saw, but everyone who's injured on Colorado is traveling on their most recent. So like they're coming, yeah. like Landeskog, uh, Girard, uh, like all all of their good players are are ready to come back. It seems, um, but uh, and so they're going to get steamrolled. And Colorado ends up actually winning the the division there, um, and I think Dallas will also you know have a have an easy time just based on the fact that they're edging goaltending. Mm-hmm. But I think if they run into Vegas, that'll be very interesting. Okay. Because, A, I think Vegas has some of the goaltending sort of question marks that, that um, Seattle does. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right now, you, like, we don't know when Logan Thompson will be back. If Logan mm-hmm. Thompson's back, that's great. But then again, that, that'll be a Logan Thompson who's played half of a game in, what is it, like four months at this point? Mm-hmm. Um, or it'll be a, a, like a, you know, a geriatric Jonathan Quick um God dare you
1: slander job., Look, McQuiz. who is
0: being fueled by spite? Which is
1: he feeds off your hatred. Yeah, and
0: that is how. And, yeah. and as someone who you know, that's the only thing that gets me out of bed in the morning is right. is pure spite <laughs> to 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 get back in my haters. Um, I I totally respect that. And Aiden Hill, who's been great, but like it's Aiden Hill. Like, are you gonna? Mm. But so I I think that I think if they run to Vegas. There's some. There's a chance. I think there's a chance they can at least make it interesting. Sure. But but Dallas or Colorado, they just kind of have them beat it like every positional group that I just don't see it. But Vegas will be interesting. Vegas is... uh, All
1: expansion. All expansion.
0: And like two of the markets who have done the best, like the two newest markets who are two of the most like fervent, like, you know, they've done the best in sort of building it. That'll be a fun atmosphere. Yes. Um, And I think it'll be a fun, nice product because I think that they can give them a run for the money, but then we'll see. you, You teased it before. Trophy Watch. Um, yes. It is uh, uh, pretty much, we were talking about before how some places have just kind of taken odds off the board uh, for certain awards because they're all sewn up, you know. Mm. Um, you know, there is a vocal Ilyar Sorokin push for the Vesna that I would actually kind of agree on. Um, but, you know, like, McDavid's going to win the heart. You know, he's he's already got the, uh, the Art Ross locked up. You know, yeah. he, he had that locked up, you know, in like November, basically. <laughs> right. um, you know, there's... Uh, he's got the rocket locked up as yeah. well. Like, there's Veneers
1: probably wins the culture. yeah, it,
0: it, like it's tough to like Logan Thompson was going to make it tough, but then he got hurt for like yeah. the entire second half. Yeah. Um, but the th- but the, the the award that is going to be the most difficult, and mm-hmm. it is going to produce the most faux Twitter outrage, I believe. Yes. Is the Norris? Yes. Because there are like six people who could potentially win that mm-hmm. that uh, uh, that trophy. Ryan, let's discuss because some people think that Eric Carlson and his like you know hundred point pace basically. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, could have a potential to to win the Norse. And I think that's a great conversation to have. I think he will absolutely be nominated. And the fact that Eric Carlson is back and scoring like a like an elite top line forward as a defenseman is pretty remarkable. Definitely. But this is the best defenseman.
1: Yeah, and, and that's where I get a little stuck because if you look at Eric Carlson's goals for and goals against, yes, he has a Putting up a ton of goals and, and offense, uh, but he's also letting in a ton uh, on his own end. And, you know, the Sharks are one of the the basement teams, so that's kind of expected. And, you know, he is a great breakout player uh, in terms of breaking the puck out of his own zone. Um, you know, it is awesome that he's back. Mm-hmm. But for me, like, you got to keep some of the pucks out of your own. Yes. You are a
0: defenseman. You have to defend. You are a defenseman. It, you got to defend yeah. at some yeah. point.
1: So... I mean, I mean, I'm sure I'll have him, you know, on my ballot. But for me, I'm looking at guys like Adam Fox or Charlie McAvoy. Even, I, it's kind of funny. Like, I say McAvoy, but it's like, well, it could be Hampus Lindholm as well. I was good, yeah. Um, you know, like, some of the numbers that the Bruins defensemen are putting up are just zany. Like, mm-hmm. Matt Grizzlick having an incredible yeah. year as well. Um, so, like, you know, McCars missed some time. Uh, but his numbers are still really good, and he is Cam McCar. Um, so for me, it's probably right now either Fox or McAvoy that I would have number one. Just in terms of what they've been able to accomplish, uh, their numbers are very good. They're not giving up a ton of goals compared to Carlson. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I think it's I like I think it's still a, a conversation. I don't mm-hmm. you know some people are saying like oh Carlson's got it wrapped up. It's like I'm not so sure about that.
0: Oh, no. He he definitely doesn't have it wrapped up. At least he shouldn't. You know, like he might on vote and that's fine but like he, he at least shouldn't because I look at like we, we're living in a golden age of top Defenseman, I think, like, we, we had, are. almost all of them are young, too. Like, mm-hmm. that we're looking at, you know, Eric Carlson's kind of the exception to the rule here. Like, he's yeah, I mean, Brett Burns is playing really well, yeah. too. So,
1: he's an older guy, but you're but I mean,
0: is. I'm looking at like, I'm, I'm just looking at pure points here. Like, Qu- like Qu- Quinn Hughes is over a point per game, he's got 66 assists mm. this year, <laughs> you know, like, it's uh, uh, he's not on my ballot, obviously. Like, because again, it's the Eric Carlson, you got to keep some pucks out of your net, but there's only like, maybe I said there's like six guys like, I who could win it. I think like Carlson. Josh Morrissey, Dougie Hamilton, Miro Heiskanen, yeah. who no one's talking about. The yeah. guy's got 71 points and is putting up inc- – or sorry, 68 points, putting up incredible 5 5 numbers. Exactly. He is – like, I keep saying this. He's the most underrated player in the league. Like, I think that's fair. Like, no one is yeah. talking about him. Yeah. And he is, a, he is one of the best, if not the best. And I would I would have him on my ballot, like, yeah. straight up. Um, so, yeah, we got we got Carlson Morrissey, Dougie Hamilton, um, Miro Heiskanen, Adam Fox, uh, and then you know, Kale McCarr hasn't. I don't think played enough games. He's only played sixty. But even yeah. still, sixty six points, doing all the things he can. And then, and then you even get more into the weeds. Like Brandon Montour has been fantastic this year. He is, He has been like the Eric Nightblad has kind of had an off year, whereas mm-hmm. Brandon Montour has elevated and like sort of kept that blue line together. Yeah. If I you put a gun to my head, I would say Fox. I think he yep. does. I think in, in this group, like, because we're taking Makar out of the equation, he hasn't played enough games. Right. If we're going by, like, the NBA, because they just put in a 65 games, you have to be, they have to play uh, 65 okay. games to be eligible uh, right. for an award. So it kind of takes away, like, load management and whatnot. Sure. Um, uh, but, I so, unfortunately, Makar is eliminated from that. Otherwise, he would be my, you know, he would be my, my pick. But, like, Adam Fox and Miro Heisken should be going head-to-head, and I think... Mm-hmm. There's a, a slight sort of, there's a, I think a little bit of a slight sort of uh, uh, edged of Fox just because he's able to do everything that, we, that you know, we've, we've, I've I prayed at the altar of Kale McCarr for, you know, right. like where he's, he just, he's able to move the puck so well. He's an yeah. offensive fiend. He's, he's, you know, he's so, he's good at, you know, in transition. Also, he's very, very good uh, in his own, his own end. Like he's developed into an incredible hockey player. Yeah. Carlson's there, but honestly, on my ballot, I think he's third. Yeah, like I think it goes Fox Heisken, and Carlson, at sure. least in my ballot, and then Josh Morrissey kind of holding up the floor because yeah. if we're going by heart rules, I mean, where would Winnipeg be without him? So exactly, uh, yeah. But I, I think like the the I think the argument that Eric Carlson is, uh, you know, he's locked it up. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> Bullpucky, in my opinion, I think. There. Um, all right, moving on. We got uh, we just did just a trophy watch. Speaking of sort of Western Conference uh, vibe, we got here. We teased it earlier, the Central Division. Mm-hmm. There is a fight for... We've talked about the fight for the wild card spots. There's a fight for the top. Yeah. And that is exciting, I think.
1: Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> it's, it's kind of funny too because you have Colorado, Dallas, and Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they are all neck and neck. Um, mm-hmm. But it's like two of those teams are going to have to play each other. So the motivation to finish first is even greater than mm-hmm. usual because like... You know, do you want to play the defending champs in Colorado who, as you pointed out, are getting healthy? And uh, obviously, when it comes to the playoffs, they have a formula that they know works very well. Mm. Um, You have Dallas, where you have all these incredible uh, high-end guys at different positions. So you got, as as you said, Heskinen on D. You got Ottinger in net. You got Jason Robertson up front, not to mention a a, a very good cast Mm -hmm. surrounding him. Um, whether it's Pavelski and Sagan and Ben and Hintz like just a lot of weapons there Mm -hmm. Uh, and then you have Minnesota where you know I mean Matt Boldy just hit 30 goals yeah incredible yeah they have goaltending you know obviously uh, you know Kirill Mm -hmm. Kaprizov uh, you know is uh, a superstar and, and can be a difference maker in the playoffs he's a
0: sneaky heart candidate there for a bit yeah. He was, yeah. yeah like, like, you know, if he took McDavid out of the equation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Um, so, you know, I mean, Colorado is on a serious heater mm-hmm. right now, and I believe they have a game in hand.
0: or maybe Yeah, I actually, in I hand. have, I have them right up here. So yeah. let me try. Colorado has two games in two hand. Two games in yeah. hand. So
1: I'm actually going to say I think Colorado might end up taking the division. Looking at everybody's schedules, they're pretty much similar. Like, mm. everybody plays some good teams and some bad teams. Um, I, I think Colorado might end up taking it, and then Dallas and Minnesota. It'll be the North Stars Cup.
0: You know what's really funny? You know what's really funny. So the because the the Avalanche, because of their games in hand, they haven't clinched a playoff spot yet. Interesting. Like
1: because Dallas and Minnesota
0: have. Yes, they have. That. They're at yeah. the top, but they don't have the X next to them. It's wow. that's wild. I think Colorado's going to take the division too. Mm-hmm. They are on a heater playing. Like Alex Galchenyuk in their in their regular lineup, and Dennis Molden has turned into a a legitimate like top six sort of like stopgap option for them. What they're doing with what they're able to do during the season by just keeping themselves afloat when yes. literally all of their good players got hurt. Like we yes. we had a podcast segment in like December or November. Yeah. We were like. Can they survive? Yeah. We were like, maybe they'll sneak in and then hopefully get people healthy and then it'll be like, you know, lights out. Yeah. And yet here they are, we're like, yeah, they got the division locked up. We're it, right around. It's going um, to and, and they're doing it without a lot of the good players. And But like I said before, like they're coming back. They're ready. Mm-hmm. And I think that if they get a couple games before, like they have they have seven games left in their their season, you get, you get maybe three, four games of those guys back in the lineup. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'm not sure if they can do that cap-wise uh, or not, but... If they do, we'll see. The one thing I would have liked Colorado to do to just sort of make this a null and void argument is get another sort of like bigger name at the deadline. Uh-huh. Like I, I do kind of like how they got Larzeller. I like yeah. I, got, I got roasted by the uh, by by Dom specifically, uh-huh. um, by like by the analytics community for saying he was a sneaky little ad, and Dom's like sneaky bad, and I'm just like <laughs> my favorite kind. Um, but
1: uh, if he's on your bottom six, like he's
0: great for for face he's off. A he's guy. he's a pl- playoff guy. He's big. Yeah. Um, I I. And kudos to Minnesota for being able to take them, to pull themselves back from the brink to, to go up on this. But mm-hmm. I think Colorado, they're just so deep. They're so good. You're getting such great goaltending from Alex Georgiev. And, yeah. and even Pavel Francouz, when he's healthy, is giving you that great... Like, it's just... I just think... And if you get everyone back, I think it's, it's tough. Yeah. It, like...
1: And I even wonder, too, with some players... Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, in Toronto with Ryan O'Reilly when he comes mm-hmm. back. It's like, I wonder if... Be an Getting nightmare. hurt at certain times it might act depending on what the injury mm-hmm. is and what you're able to do, you know, while you're waiting to to get at full health. I wonder if it even becomes an advantage yeah. When you get into the playoffs, where you're a little fresher than you would be if you played the full eighty-two. Well,
0: with Ryan O'Reilly, like I've seen him skate every time yeah. I'm at the. Because it's a
1: broken finger. He can yes. still skate.
0: And apparently, as long he the fall. apparently the way that it was broken, and this might just be Kyle Dubas posturing, but but he spoke about it on, at the GM meetings. and He said the way that it was broken mm. is like was like lucky for them because mm-hmm. it was like a. It's easier to to fix and also be like if it was a playoff game, they would be able to find some medical mumbo jumbo to keep making play. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, he's. Like he he has basically been able to just like work out for the last sort of like month basically, yeah. get to know everyone at the at the facility sort of he you know keep uh keep his his injured knee that they kept him out for most of the uh, most of the the start of the regular or the that middle part of the regular season yeah. it's it's great yeah I think I think Colorado is is, is going back to our our um, uh, central division conversation here Colorado is. It's definitely uh, got the outside shot, or not the outside shot, the, the main shot. Inside track. In, inside track. There yes. we go. The opposite. Uh, so the opposite of what I said. Yes, one hundred percent. All right. Speaking of Toronto, though, big topic on uh, on the airwaves uh, these days is Michael Bunting. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always liked Michael Bunting a lot. I you know I I, I enjoy any sort of like shorter guy uh, who uh, you know who who yaps a lot and scraps his way through you, life. You stand a short king. I, I stand. I do stand a short king. <laughs> Um, I know that triggers you, Ryan. So be careful. But
1: I'm fighting with forwards.
0: Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Some of your some of your favorite some of your best friends are short forwards. Okay, <laughs> <right>. um, but, <laughs> but um, uh, he has. He, it's funny because people have posted the clip of when LA Freeman was talking about it during the intermission um, about how Michael Bunting led the league in penalty, penalty differential. Mm. And from the, the from the day that clip went. Um, Michael Bunting has one of the worst sort of like <laughs> like ability to draw penalties. His
1: penalty PDO is has, has
0: completely uh, yeah. uh, plummeted. He got like manhandled by a linesman he used to play against the AHL earlier this year. He got a ten minutes uh, game misconduct. I wasn't actually at the game, but on on Sunday um, for playing keep away with uh, just with a stick, like he got he he ate like four or five cross checks in the face, and then when the scrum was sort of breaking up, he just. Kept sort of like pushing a player's stick out of his hands, and he got the the misconduct. Um, so he's clearly not he's clearly not on the refs. Um, I would say like a, a Christmas letter list, yes. if you if want to say. Yes. Uh, he's getting he is getting the short end of the stick here. It seems just from like even just from like a a completely you know uh, um, like objective point of view, he is getting the short end of the stick. Oh. And uh, and so is it good sort of that he like. Is it good that, he, that this is sort of public knowledge now?
1: Yeah. I, I feel like it's maybe not, uh, you know. And the playoffs will be interesting because it tends to be called differently.
0: He will have to, like, he, he someone is going to have to, like, place Michael Bunting's head on a spike in the, at center right. ice to get a penalty called against them. Yeah.
1: Now, it can work both ways because, I mean, he does play a physical mm-hmm. agitating style um and it'll be interesting to see like you know i mean refs they, they never want to get shown up uh, we know that that's fair mm-hmm. um and so i uh, you know it's like the idea of it you know becoming an issue i'm sure officials aren't too stoked about that mm-hmm. I, I do see the merit in sticking up for your guy and and making sure you know and, and obviously sheldon keith is you know, talk to officials during games,
0: and he said that Dubas will be addressing this with the league too. Right. Yeah.
1: So you know, it's like, do you want to go that route? Um, I, I guess you know, if the Leafs think this is sort of like it, you know, it's gotten to that point where they don't have any other options, then it's like, okay, fair enough. Um, but you know, I mean, they're locked into play Tampa in the first round. You know, last year it was a very like physical, nasty series, boiled over you know several times. You know, Bunting, he's going to have to figure out how to stay out of the box and hopefully, you know, draw Mm -hmm. some penalties. And as you mentioned, that's been more difficult lately than it had been in the first half. Uh, So that's a big challenge for him. And I, I think that's going to be sort of key because, you know, there are guys on Tampa that you can get under their skin Mm -hmm. and throw them off. Nikita Nikita Kucherov Kucherov
0: is the biggest one in the league, I'd say. Biggest one, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I mean, if you can take him off his game, then that's a huge advantage for you. So it's, you know, it's about threading that needle. And the fact that everybody knows about it probably makes it a little bit harder. Uh, But, I mean, Bunting's just going to have to kind of take his agitating to a new level in a sort of Smarter way, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Like he's going to have to be an even better agitator, in the sense of not getting caught.
0: Yeah, and and here also, keep in mind everything that we just said, we said about Brad Marchand like two, three years ago, <laughs> like literally everything. Uh-huh. Um, now here's here, here's what I don't like when it comes to discussing referees is that we have to take into account that they are actively terrible, um, <laughs> and and so and and, and,
1: and and yet the best we have.
0: Yeah, man. I mean, look, that just shows the the sorry state that we're in. But uh, and the reason why I say that, it's not just to get a shot at the refs, but it's just it's because I, th- I think about it, it's like okay, it's Toronto and Tampa again, um, and I go it, like you're like you brought up a good point too, where you say like refs don't like to get shown up, mm. and you're right. And I think a big reason why you know Bunting's penalty drawing went down so big uh, uh, so dramatically, mm. is because they were getting shown up. He was showing them up, and they don't like that. So now he's going to have to get, you know, like brutally murdered in front of twenty thousand people to actually get a penalty called against them. Yeah. But then I also think back to it because and refs don't like to get shown up again. They don't like to, like they they say they don't like to be the the you know the the center of conversation, right. even though they do that to themselves all the time because, like I said, they are terrible. But um, uh, the I look at the last year's series and what was the biggest sort of again same opponents, right? Same, same. It's going to be the same sort of uh, like like. Home I- like home Indiana. ice too right yeah, like it's yeah. going to be exactly the same but like game 7 if it gets that which it inevitably will yeah. um, is going to be at Scotiabank Arena and what happened is the Leafs tied a game in game 7 and it was negated by what everyone can agree is a ridiculous penalty call which was the pick by Justin Hall mm. that then, then, then took that, that goal off uh, off the board and I think well will do refs are refs going to be more because in a normal world I think based on how, how all of those similarities are, refs might be going like, oh, well, people will be pointing at that. So we, we'll call the Leafs a little, we'll call, we'll call the Leafs a little like softer, you know, like in this, just so people don't sort of accuse us of being bad at our jobs, even though, like I've said before, we are. Um, and so it's gonna be, but then, I, but then I look at it and I go like, well, they haven't given the Leafs any breaks. It literally took them until middle to end of March for them to get their first five on three. Of the year they were the only team not to do that Interesting. Um, and so it, it's it's difficult I think it, it, this goes back to bunting in the sense that he plays a style that that I think right now everyone in the playoffs does right like we, we've seen videos of Brad Marchand literally throwing f- five free punches in the face of Henrik City yeah I think it was Henrik. It could have been Daniel um, you know like we every year we've seen Transgression after brutal transgression go unpunished, yeah. um, and so mm-hmm. it's going to be tough. Like, like I think right now it's probably a good thing that public knowledge mm-hmm. because at mm-hmm. least now the refs, the the I don't want to be shown up. The, the their sort of insecurity, mm-hmm. their pettiness, um, has sort of shifted to another sense. Where now that that is the conversation, mm-hmm. how how the refs are targeting Michael Bunting. So they'll go, oh, we don't want to, we don't want people to criticize us now. So right. we'll go back the other way. Um, yeah. So we shall we can, see. We shall see if you take anything from that it's uh, state of is not great but we 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 uh, we digress all right rapid fire right let's do it it is me and we talked i think it was 2 weeks ago about you know the dumbest injuries that we had and i right. and 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 i i shared the story of my uh, my 2k outburst that ruptured my eardrum yeah. on twitter last night cuz there was a great prompt for it um, and so i was thinking like so what is the what is the video game cuz you're more of an old school video game guy yes. um, what is the video game that that got like that made you close enough to breaking a controller or an eardrum, if you will. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, I feel like there was a lot of, and it was funny, I was telling this to my kids the other day that, like, with the old Nintendo, like the original Nintendo, (laughs) if something didn't go my way, I would uh, blame the game's judgment. Which was, like, this thing where it's, like, clearly, like, the game had, you know, like, I didn't even know about algorithms mm-hmm. back then or anything. But there was clearly something in that, like, microchip that made yeah. judgment calls.
0: Oh, it, it, that's that's legit. I shot yeah. 2.6% um, as a, at, while leading the league in shots in my MHLBA right. pro right. in my most recent season. The game was... Prejudiced against me. Yes, exactly. So
1: there's something called judgment in Nintendo games that I will maintain. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember which ones would have been the worst for that. Uh, Because, I mean, you know, you had like RBI Baseball and like... I'm trying to think of like... Was it like Mega Man or like... Mm -hmm. Simon's Quest was very frustrating, which was the second Castlevania game. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay, I know. And it was more of a... Not really a sandbox because it was still scrolling, but it's like you hit, you didn't just was like like levels. it
0: it was like a choose your own adventure kind of game a little it? bit yeah, like yeah. you had to
1: find different yeah. parts of like Dracula's nail and mm. his eyeball and everything, and there was one jump that was just like impossible. Yeah, that and the Ninja Turtles uh, mm-hmm. Nintendo game where I'm pretty sure I heard that there was a level that they just screwed up and you literally could it not beat be it. it. Yeah, so those were the most frustrating. Where it's like I don't know what else to do here. So those would I, I would say that yeah Simon's Quest. And uh, Ninja Turtles.
0: Yeah, I, I there was like as a kid, even when I uh, the, when my parents made me skip two birthdays to save up for a, uh, a Nintendo SP game. Mm. Sorry, a Game Boy SP. Gotcha. Um, it was red, and then it was stolen from uh, the Yorkdale Mall, which w- which broke my heart. But I played uh, Yoshi's Island. Okay. And that game was so hard. Like it was, and and I would be losing it. Under my covers, after my parents told me to go to bed, yeah. I'd be like freaking out of this game. Um, another one too, and and uh, it's our Ar- Batman Arkham Origins. Um, so it's not the like I've, I'm re- I'm currently replaying the the Arkham games just because you know I felt like it and they're, they're remastered and mm-hmm. you know whenever I have free time you know it's fun and uh, it distracts me from the world and uh, and and Arkham Origins is sort of like the black sheep of the the games because. Okay. Rocksteady Studios, they, they made Arkham Asylum, which, people, which then caused people to realize, oh, you can make superhero games. This is great. That don't, superhero games that don't suck. This right. is great. Then they did Arkham City, which, in my opinion, is the best one. Okay. It's amazing. Uh, and then they took like a like six or seven-year break to put all of their effort and money and everything for the next-gen console into Arkham Knight. So during that period, they contracted out the license to WB Games Montreal to build a prequel game called Batman Arkham Origins and it had different sort of voice cast and like a bit of a different sort of c- different character design it's like it is canon but it, it's it it you could get away with saying it's not mm-hmm. um, and I, I i think that there's a there's a good argument that that's it's a, it's still a very game very enjoyable there's this one level one boss fight where you have to fight deathstroke mm-hmm. you know who deathstroke is like yes. it's yeah
1: he's the one that deadpool is based on. yes of. he's the
0: one that marvel stole Deadpool. yeah yeah and so he's got like the half sort of face. Yeah. Uh, and you're fighting him. And the whole thing is that you and him, like this is the first time where you and him are on a level playing field for combat. It's right. the first, it, it's like the only level they didn't just reskin from the other games basically. And you have to be so precise with your counters mm. or else he will like legitimately just run, run you into the ground. Yeah. And I cannot tell you, I spent an entire winter break, I think in grade 10, grade nine, one, one of those, just losing, like like right. playing the same fight. all. I was losing my mind, playing the same yeah. fight all day. And I'd, I'd, I'd make like a little, like I'd be able to punch him in the face, but then he'd just turn around with the staff and just absolutely like wallop me, and I'd lose, and I'd be like, what is that? It'd be so precise. So that's one that made me lose my mind. It was terrible. Um, what is a game, we're sticking on the video games okay. uh, here, is that what is a game that, like, you know, okay, you know that Simpsons episode where, uh, uh, you know, like I think it. What was it called? Like Blood Rain or something. Bone Storm. Bone Storm. Yeah. Yes. What was your version of Bone Storm from oh. your
1: childhood? Okay, so the game
0: that everyone the kid at, at you know at school are like, you got to get Bone Storm, yeah. man. Yeah.
1: I would. You know what? I would say it was like Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Yeah. To the extent that like me and my brother like got a PlayStation just, just to play that, yeah. Vice City because I had been playing it at a friend's house and then we played it like. Are like cousins. It's like we have to get this. Mm. We just have to get this. And the funny thing was, like when we first got it, uh, we didn't have like a memory card,
0: mm. so, so we had to just keep playing it. We literally it? Oh, just man. left it on. Like, oh, I thought overnight. you just had to keep rep- wow. No, okay. we just
1: left it on overnight until we got a memory card, so wow. we could like save it. But that was the game where it's like I need this in my life, mm-hmm. and it was just like a complete kind of like it's super fun. You know, you can do a lot of stuff, but like the radio stations were great. And just the oh, sense yeah. of humor was hilarious to me. So, yeah, that was the one where it's like, we have to get this. I was not a child, but it was... How old were you in that? I was a teenager. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So i like oh, late. Actually, you know what? Yeah, like late teens. Like, I might have oh. even been, like, in
0: university. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, my parents didn't let me have a game system um, throughout growing up. They made me read and do something. <coughs> ridiculous. And I haven't forgiven them since. Yeah. Um, but, uh, that, so I didn't... That, so, like... Around the time all my friends were playing, like, Call of Duty and, and all that in middle school, I just kind of had to sit and watch when I was over there and be like, great shot, guys. Like, they wouldn't even awesome.
1: let you play somebody else's? No, no, like I, oh, I,
0: I, would, I would step in, but, like, they would, oh, okay. but I would, like, go home. and like, We would all go home, and then they continue playing online, and I'd be at home being like, well, this book is great. Right. Um, again, we'll never forgive you. Uh, but anyway, um, so, but as a kid, if you didn't have Pokemon mm. on your Game Boy, like you were ostracized you you were you were a leper in in that and the thing about that is like you know everyone would compare but you could you could link up you would buy cables you would link up you could trade back and forth and there were certain Pokemon that wouldn't evolve unless you traded them so they were we would do paper transactions we would we I would be like well my like Gengar won't uh, won't evolve until I trade him so I'm gonna trade him to you and then you trade him right back to me so he can evolve um, so that was that was huge, and then and then I guess sort of towards my, my high school career was GTA Five, gotcha. um, where you know like and this is on the Xbox three hundred and sixty. It has spanned like three consoles at this point. now yeah. GTA, but this was it was GTA Five where it was like everyone you had to if you if you wanted to be able to like have a conversation with people at school <laughs> you yeah. had to have GTA Five. Um, and my final one. So I actually I haven't seen the first two episodes of S- 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 Succession season four. Okay. Um, I blame you because you are my boss. Yes. Um, and uh, uh, so so that's it. But for for the for the other seasons, what is your favorite Succession insult?
1: Wow. I don't think that's like even like something I can say on the podcast.
0: Well, like I have I have one that's actually not um, that's not <laughs> explicit, but you can like mm. you can sort of. Bleep if you need to. Yeah,
1: I'm trying to remember. Like, I don't remember the dialogue that well.
0: Is there so the there's none season. that stuck out? Not in in, in any, any time, of
1: them. I would say like any time that like somebody like dresses down Kendall is always the funniest because his reactions are the best. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah.
1: So yeah, I can't think of anything specific, uh, but it certainly does have really sparkling dialogue.
0: See, I, I got mine, it, it still rings true. Is, um, you know, when, in the first episode of season three, when all the kids gather at Kendall's ex wife's apartment or whatever, because mm-hmm. Kendall just tried to launch a siege against his dad, you know, right. as, as they always do. And he's trying to get them all on board. Um, and he goes first with Connor, and Connor says no. And Kendall just immediately flips a switch. He's like, all right, get out, get out. You're not wanted, you're not wanted. And then just, it's, it's a part, I don't even think he's on camera when he says it, but Roman's just like, like he hasn't heard that enough in his life already <laughs> as he's walking away. And I'm like, oh man, that is, cuts yeah. to the heart. That, yes. that is that is good. That is my, uh, uh, that is my favorite one. Or uh, <laughs> or I think it's when Logan, and keep in mind, these are all spoilers, but when they're about to do a huge merger mm-hmm. um, and it's the, the investment, uh, it's, the, it's the investors or the shareholders meeting right. and Logan... Logan ends up having a, a medical condition, if you will, that is impairing his judgment. Yep. Um, and so he keeps having to go to the bathroom, and Tom is taking him, and Greg goes, oh, you guys are going to the bathroom, whatever? And Logan just looks at him and goes, what the, what the F business is it of yours? Like, it's so, I love, what a great show I love. it. But yeah, yeah it the, the Connor one is great. And yeah. it's disappointing that you do not remember every line of dialogue That's in that show, Ryan. That's true. Um, but on that note, I will give Ryan uh, two weeks now until my time. With uh, until my time is back on rapid fire uh, to, <laughs> to memorize, memorize, the, remind, memorize yeah. the entire succession script yeah. from episode one and then relay his favorite parts to me. That'd be great. Um, and on that note, podcast is over. Uh, if you'd like to listen to this one or any of the, the past ones uh, or any of the THM podcasts, go to the slash podcasts where all our archives are. Um, or you can find them on any podcatcher. All uh, uh, They're all in their own individual streams. Ryan, anything you want to leave the listeners with before we head out? Be good. Good. Be good, people. We'll see you next week.